Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Hi, my name is Alan. I'm a gratefully and miraculously recovering sexaholic, and I had a close call this morning. I always start before my shares. I just go quiet for a while and hook up with HP so he can uh, influence, direct the share. Just do that now. I invite you to do it with me. Okay, well, today I decided that I was going to go online and Google my favorite phrase for gay porn. I have been sexually sober, clean sexual sobriety, um, since June, no, not June, (laughs) December 26, 2011. And uh, since around December of 2012, absolutely no porn. No flirting around the edges, just clean. I have the kind of sobriety, I just don't get tempted by lust very often. And when I do, um, my relationship with my higher power, for some reason, uh, I just ask him to take it and it's gone. Um, you know, I, I don't linger in it. You know, I see somebody on the subway. I look away. You know, God, please uh, take this lust from me. God, don't remember it. Um, and, uh, every once in a while, my main temptations, the nasty ones that when they do occur are imagination temptations rather than things I see. Um, and those can get pretty purple. Um, and, uh, but again, turn to God, ask him to take it, gone. So how did I come? So, so anyway, this morning I, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go look at some, you know, whatevers. And I have both heterosexual and same-sex lust. I'm an equal opportunity luster. And uh, I, uh, I went online. I didn't go online. I was going to do it, and I had promised myself that if I went there, I would call my sponsor first and be very honest about it. And I did. I called him up, and I, just, I went right to the bottom line with it. I said, I am pretty sure that I am about to go online and Google for, and I gave him the phrase. And he said, don't do that. And it wasn't, he was totally 
non-shaming. You know, he did ask me, uh, how long has it been to a meeting? I said, several weeks. <laughs> and it has been. Very unusual for me. Uh, but I haven't been getting to any meetings for a while. He says, well, gee, maybe there's a causal relationship there. <laughs> Again, very non-shaming. Just pointing out a truth. We talked for a little bit. He said, you know, you could go for a walk, whatever. Do something else. And, you know, I got off the phone, and I was like, okay, thank you. And I was still kind of like, yeah, I think I'm going to go do it. But, okay, at least I called him. I told him I was going to do that. And then right away, uh, an old sponsee of mine called. And uh, as soon as he called, I started doing the spiritual practice I do that removes. Uh, it's another spiritual practice I have. I have a lot of them that removes uh, lust energy from around me. It's something similar to the 18-wheeler, to one of the last ones of the 18-wheeler. Um, and uh, it was really powerful while he was on the phone. It was clearing up a lot of this energy. When, when I'm being tempted by lust, I can feel uh, it, it has a spatial location for me. It's not just in my head. It has a spatial location for me. It's connected to a place in my body, and I don't mean sexual excitation. I mean a, an energy in my body. Um, and I could feel all that clearing up, you know, while I was doing this thing, while I was listening to him, share what he needed to share about. And I called him. It was so powerful. And I called him back and said, look, could you be on the phone with me while I do this thing? And so I had him pray for me. You know, he says, is there anything I do? He says, yeah, just, you know, ask your higher power to take uh, lust away from me. And while he was on the phone, I continued doing this. And, oh, the release. So much stuff coming out. And not just the lust that was there today, but old lust going back years that's been inside of me. This is something I've been seeing lately. Lust, there are reservoirs of lust that are within me and also between me and other people that I have fantasized about or acted out with or whatever. Lust is a very spiritual disease. Uh, it has, the white book doesn't go into this much. I, it may not even be appropriate to get into too much in a meeting, but I'm a very spiritually sensitive person. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, some, every once in a while, I, I, I can tell what somebody's thinking. And, yeah, we all think, I know just what I guy's thinking. But I'll check it out, and it turned out I was right. You know, I get all sorts of messages from people. I mean, it's independently verified thing. I, I'm very intuitive. And, and uh, I've known for years that there is a, there's a spirit, an invisible spiritual substance that lust takes in the world between me and my lust objects. And one of the ways I do my amends is to remove that energy, and there are ways that I can do that. And uh, that's what I was doing while this man was on the phone with me. Uh, and I had just realized that this friend of mine from high school, I'm 64, this is, you know, uh, this is like almost 50 years ago now, uh, 
that there had been a lot of lust between us. And I, when I was doing this with him, I suddenly realized there was, he had a lot of lust for me more than I knew. And uh, a definite, you know, seduction um, thing going on, it's, you know, intense going on in him. And there was all this lust energy between us, and I could suddenly feel it. And so, and it was gradually getting removed. It was just wonderful. So anyway, uh, after doing all this stuff, uh, you know, this releasing of this lust energy, all of a sudden, uh, the the thing about going to online to look at gay porn was like just gone. And it just occurred to me so clear, yeah, the problem is I'm into a meeting. I need to get to that noon phone meeting today. And so I called in, and uh, the moderator told me, we don't have a speaker. So I said, okay, well, check in with my higher power, see what he says. And he says, yeah, yeah, you should share. So what's been going on? Um, I have, I have, there's been a couple of things going on. Uh, where do I start, Kyle? Okay, the big one first. I have never liked working. Uh, because my mother infested me when I was five, um, little me concluded that I seduced her. Okay. And she didn't molest me. I seduced her. It was my fault. And, and, and there was genital contact. This wasn't just okay touching, you know, she, I won't go into details, but there was genital contact. And, uh, it was, you know, so anyway, um, and another conclusion that little me came to was if I grow up and become an adult male, then I will have to marry mommy. And then that same subconscious self, when I hit adolescence and found out about the mechanics of sex concluded, Oh shit. If I grow up and become a man, I'm going to have to do that with my mother. And there was no way that was happening. No way. And, I, and, and, and this is not psychology. This is not stuff I read in a book. This is not some heady trip, you know, that some therapist laid on me. I found this out doing good, solid, deep step work and listening to my body, which is where I get a lot of my, my deepest insights is just, listening into the body. The body is much smarter than the mind. And uh, all of a sudden, my whole life, made sense to me. I've been homeless several times. I've always refused to grow up in all sorts of ways. And I suddenly realized why I couldn't grow up. I was refusing to grow up because it was not safe to grow up because then I'd have to marry my mother. And, you know, when she died a few years ago, all that went away, and all of a sudden, I started growing up in all sorts of ways that I always refused to. Now, one of the things about not growing up was I never wanted to work. I never wanted to support myself. Not because I'm lazy, and not because I think the world owes me a living, but because that's one of the things adults do. They support themselves. There are all sorts of other things I did on myself. I never had a car. I never got a college education. And for people in my family, that's like absolutely accepted. Um, you know, I never got a real career. I never got serious money. 
I denied myself all the things that adults have. And I never wanted to work. Um, I had to, you know. And, and so consequently, I, 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 it, was a, it was a painful process working all my life. I'm 64 now. And I just suddenly realized uh, a couple months ago, you know what? Unless God can lead me to an experience with work that is totally different from whatever I've experienced before, I'm just not willing to do it. And there's no point in pretending I'm willing to do it. And if the consequence of that is that I end up on the street, so be it. I accept the consequence of my choice. And I came to a real sense of peace about it. You know, and since then, all sorts of things have been falling into place. You know, I I just got real with myself. It may sound like a crazy thing for a person to say. A really irresponsible, self-destructive thing to say, but that's not the spirit that's with this at all. See, I have this experience. I know this. There's homeless within and homeless without. And I've experienced both. I have experienced what it is to be on the street with my higher power. And you're not homeless then. You don't have an address but you're not homeless because you're walking with your higher power. And when you're with your higher power, you're at home. And that's reality, boy. I remember sleeping under a bush, looking up through the little leaves at the stars in the night sky and feeling God wrapped around me like a warm blanket. I felt safer more protected and more valued under that bush that night than I ever felt sleeping in my parents' home with the woman who had incested me when I was five years old in another room in the house. When you're with your higher power and things between you and your higher power are groovy, you're home, buddy. Home is where they love you. My higher power loves me. I would rather be on the street sober than living in the world's most wonderful gated community with a gazillion dollars a year acting out. I know that. For me to be living in this disease is to be in hell. I do not have to wait for the afterlife. I've been in hell. I'm serious. That's not... That's that's not hyperbole. I'm not talking. You know that I told two two guys with a gun tried to hold me up in gun at gunpoint in Los Angeles in '92, and I told them to shoot me. I told them twice, and I meant it. I wanted those guys to shoot me because what this disease was doing to me. You know. So uh, nowadays, I would give them my wallet. I would say, here, just take everything, whatever. Because nowadays, God is in my life because of that say, because of this program. And I know that if I was on the street, I'd be going there with essay and with my higher power. Now, I'm not just marking time sitting here in the house waiting for the money to run out. 
I'm doing a lot of work on myself. That's one of the reasons I'm getting to meetings. I've been doing a lot of deep work on myself, hoping that I can get to that place where I can experience work as something new, something radically new, where my motivation going into that job is completely different than what it ever has been before. I'm not going in to keep myself living indoors. I need to be going in because I'm not sure what. It's service. It's love. God is working through me to bring God's love to those people that day. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. My life is an adventure. When I got serious about my recovery, my recovery... My recovery, my sobriety is the center of my life. I am not a lawyer who stays sober or a whatever who stays sober. No, I am a sexaholic who God keeps sober. I don't stay sober. I I can't do that. God keeps me sober. Okay? And uh, I'm a total mess without this program. I am. You know, I, I don't have a life without a say. So, so this, uh, okay, so just checking in with God again. Make sure I'm on track here. Okay, what's not working or what, where, where do I not feel confident about my program right now? Where do I feel weak? Um, I'm not doing, um, there are, there's a men's work that I'm not doing. But I am doing amends work, but it just doesn't look like the amends work that's in the big book. You know, I'm cleaning up a lot of spirit reality between me and other people. Oh, I'm that lust. I'm cleaning up lust that's in the spiritual atmosphere. And when I put lust in the spiritual atmosphere, it stays there. It has its own independent existence outside of me. When I die, I bet you it's still there in the world, polluting other people's thoughts and feelings. It's a substantial reality. It may not have form in atoms, but atoms are not the only thing that exists. Okay, that's enough of that. Enough esoteric stuff. What I realized, and this is not, again, theory. This is not thinking. This isn't writing. This is listening to my body and finding out things from memories that are held in the tissues of my body. In my thighs, I I realized recently, is the memory of when my mother did what she did to me. And... um, 17 minutes. Thank you. And locked into there is... um, See, when I look at a woman and see an attractive woman... Yeah, there's the good feeling that any man feels when he, when he has that experience, but always also for me a deep sense of wrongness, almost a sickness. And I cannot have the pleasure without the ookiness. And I finally hit on what it is in me, what that is. It's, 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 in, it's in parts of my body that my mother touched that day when she incested me when I was five. And so that's the allergy. 
You know, in the big book, they say, well, we think we have an allergy. That's why once we take one drink, we can't stop, right? The allergy of the body. And the question always bothered me, what is the allergy with sexaholism? Well, for me, it's the fact that all sexual attraction for me is poisoned by this deep sense of wrongness because the body knows it's written into the body. Thou shalt not have sex with thy mother. It's not a cultural thing. It's not a religious thing. It's much deeper. It's written right into the biology. The body knows we can't go there. So that's written into me and it's associated with my first sexual experience. So all sex for me is contaminated with that. And so I've been releasing that. I've been releasing that. It's deep. And it's physically painful. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go into graphic details. But, and you, you just have to be with it. Like, like for an hour or two hours, I'm lying on the bed, letting myself just feel these feelings as they gradually release from my body. And it's, it's wonderful. Because I'm not here just to stay sober until I die. I have been told by two gold-plated sources that my purpose in this life is to resolve sexual addiction, which to me means get down to the nub of it, get down to the root. I'm, I have no trouble, you know, I've got, I'm very clean with staying sober, surrender, you know. That's great. But I want to go much deeper than that. My purpose in this life, the reason I was born, I know this in my gut, is to get down to the core of this thing. And this has been an important development with that lately. To get down to the allergy. And thank you for listening. I think, uh, let me just check in one more time. Just one more thing. I love you. And your higher power loves you. The higher power loves sexaholics so much. The pain we go through is on such a deep level. And God loves people who have endured great pain. It's just the way he is. I love you. He loves you. And he is with us always. Everywhere. Under a bush, whatever. Can't be apart from God. Thank you so much. And with that, I close. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.